0: The Starving Artist is brought to you by Liquid IV. Liquid IV's mission is to help people everywhere live better lives to optimize the body, hydrate those in need, and better the planet. From the electrolyte multiplier to the triple hydration single-use packets, Liquid IV is becoming a staple in the hydration game and is an incredible product for anyone looking to expand their overall health and fitness. Visit liquid-iv.com, use promo code Casey Ryan Music at checkout for 20% off. Again, that's liquid-iv.com, promo code Casey Ryan Music at checkout for 20% off. Adam Hall. What's up, man? How are you? Not much.
1: Uh, I just got back from Costco and I bought some liquid IV and that stuff. Our guys use it. Well, there well, you, there go. you go. We love it. So I wish I would have known that about the 20% discount or I would have bought it Yeah, for yeah. you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a great product. But uh, so, I mean, how are things, man? I mean, I haven't seen you since like high school. So, I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a, a wild ride. I'm sure, you know you
1: could talk about your journey too. And a lot of people know it or don't know it, but it is a journey and, um, kind of has taken me all over the country. Um, originally from Bonners Ferry, not too far from where you grew up in Kellogg. And, mm. um, after college at what, you know, at Boise state and in, in, um, 2011, I, I went to the East coast to, to coach, you know, just chase an opportunity in New York city. And, uh was there for 4 years, really enjoyed it, and then uh the next step professionally came calling and now I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, been here for going on 6 years now.
0: That's crazy. That's awesome, man. And uh yeah, it was it, it was interesting. I remember I think I think all of us kind of, you know, growing up in that wrestling world, we you know, we, we didn't really I think a lot of us especially that we were really into it didn't really know what was to come after high school. I mean, obviously there was for people that don't know, um, Adam and I have known each other probably since we were what, like five years old. Like, I mean, kid's I mean yeah, it's, it's it's been a long time, and um, we grew up wrestling together in, in Northern Idaho. Um, Adam quickly became pretty much known as a one of the Idaho's best wrestlers ever. I mean, he probably wouldn't say that himself, but he's pretty much a legend, you know. And we we always, you know, I always admired your your work ethic and your discipline. I even remember in high school, he's just like. A lot of people were kind of in awe when you would wrestle. And it was like one of those things where everybody would stop and watch you. Um, so, I, so I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate you coming on. And hopefully we can discuss some important stuff. So,
1: Absolutely. Appreciate the kind words, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so here, I'm just setting a timer real quick. Um, so anyways, uh, you know, the biggest reason I wanted to have you on, I found myself, I, I, I messaged you last night because I was, I found myself down like a college wrestling wormhole like watching youtube videos and just like thinking like God, how much i missed it um so i guess for people you know that don't know you i'm sure obviously in the wrestling community you're, you're very well known but maybe just give people like an outline of you know how you got started in the sport and you know what led you to be where you are now
1: yeah uh started when i was five uh, i had an older brother who wrestled um and that's kind of how i got into it um uh, Mom became the, the president of our club, so I was pretty well uh, invested into wrestling at that point. And, you know, I'd played a bunch of sports growing up, but just decided to to focus on wrestling by high school. And and I was actually a three-sport athlete through high school, and I think it helped my sanity and, and saved my body somewhat. But um, no, I, uh, I did well in high school enough to, you know, be recruited and had... Uh, a pretty good list of places I wanted to go. And I ended up at Boise state. Uh, I I followed a a coach who had coached myself and other top guys in Idaho uh, during the spring and summer. And he'd really just uh, mentored me and and coached me to the point where I could be recruited. And I I really respected that and appreciated the relationship that I had with him. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, from there, college (laughs) wrestling, it's tough, man. I, I had goals to be a, a four-time All-American national champ and it, it just didn't happen. You know, I ended up uh, as a two-time Pac-12 champion and a two-time All-American um, with some success on the international side afterwards. But uh, from that point, like I said, I, I wanted to get into coaching and chase a, chased a, um, a coaching position in New York City at Columbia University. And I was there for four years um, and I still competed – at, at that point I placed at the U S open multiple times. And, I uh, I'd, I'd wrestled in the Olympic trials and took fifth twice, um, in the 2012, 2016. Olympic That's
0: incredible, man. That's awesome.
1: So just quite the journey through wrestling. And I finally decided at, uh, 27, 28 to just call it a, call it a career because I was really getting invested into coaching and where I, you know, had a passion. So
0: hundred percent. That's amazing, man. Um, and I think that obviously where you've ended up is a testament to your discipline and your work ethic. And uh, that, that's, this is one of um, several things I wanted to kind of ask you about and talk to you about. So I'm curious, you know, cause obviously you saw success in wrestling at a fairly young age. So was there something like, was this like a familial thing or, or where did you kind of start to develop this discipline at such a young age and like that mental toughness to push you through?
1: Yeah, they you know there's the 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 question of whether it's nature or whether it's nurture and um I think for me it was a little bit of both. I had some parents that uh wanted to give me as many opportunities as I could but were also pretty hard on me and um you know they found a good balance. Like I said I was a three sport athlete. I grew up fishing and hunting. I mean, you know living in North Idaho there's so much in the outdoors to do and mm-hmm. just a lot of things to to keep things in perspective and really it was more cathartic because wrestling is so such a brutal sport that um you know really it's 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 hard for people to to grasp once they get to a certain level like to jump to continue to jump levels just takes that much more discipline and work and and focus and um just like anything time on task is everything i mean you know playing the guitar and singing and perfecting your craft it just Mm -hmm. it takes time it's a we, we like to say wrestling's a a high skill set sport. It's, you know, not, not knocking say football, but a wide receiver, they're learning routes. They, you know, a lot of it is their physical gifts and what, how fast are you able to run? How quick are you able to cut, you know, as opposed to just learning, continuing to learn technique. I mean, I'm 33 and been in coaching for over 10 years and I'm still picking things up from other wrestlers, other coaches, you know, he's still growing in, in the sport. And uh, I think that's a, a big part of, of the journey and it's not been easy. Uh but I've had some good mentors along the way including my college coach who at one point in high school people don't re- know this but I was I was going to quit in high school. Really? Uh, yeah, at the national tournament I I really uh devoted to going down a couple weight classes and and trying to win a national title in Greco-Roman and freestyle and I think I was out the first day in in Greco-Roman. I'd never been out the first day of a tournament before I went two and two and one, two lost two. And uh, the two guys that I lost to ended up second and third in the tournament, but I still didn't care. I just had high expectations for myself and I just broke. I just, I was like, why am I doing this? Like I, I cut this weight. I did all this work. And I remember distinctly my, my future college coach, my high school coach sat me down and let me have my pity party. And then my college coach was like, well, do you want to go, up to the next, next weight class for freestyle? Do you want to go back down? And I was like, I don't think you just heard anything I just said for the last 20 minutes. Like, I don't want to do this anymore.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: it was kind of like a turning point in my career. And I'm sure you've had it in the music career where it's just like, things aren't going right for you. You're like, should I hang this up? And then maybe you, you have, have some perspective from somebody else, or you just take some time to, to quit feeling sorry for yourself and, and realize Mm -hmm. like, do have a passion you do have a a gift and you try to make the most of it so yeah i think that nature and nurture both kind of played a role and 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 you know i i fortunate enough that my parents are both kind of crazy and i got <laughs> the, the best of both of them because my, my yeah. brother's actually like a pretty normal sane calm person yeah. know, compared to the rest of us and i think i got the everything from from intense from my parents and um it's like i said the nature and nurture kind of little bit of both have have got got me to where i'm at now
0: absolutely yeah i mean there's there's and for people that don't know there's a lot of what adam just said there's a lot of stuff to unpack in that um one thing that you touched on is you know people don't understand like what goes into that sport um and real quick i i i saw a stat and i don't i wanted to see if this was true before i said it as fact but you had 169 wins in high school. Is that yeah, you know, something that?
1: like that? I, <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> I thought I thought I was cool for like being one of the only wrestlers to reach 100 wins at my school. So yeah, they shattered my record. But um, no um, but it's as, as far as like what what you just said. The thing about the thing about other sports, like you know, I I was a two sport athlete, so I, I played baseball all my life, and I love that. And you know, there was something. I looked immensely forward to after wrestling season to get to baseball season because then I could just kind of like, huh. I mean, I still try to be disciplined and good at that sport too, but wrestling is is so individual. You know, in, in so many other sports, it requires like the work ethic of a collaborative team. Whereas like wrestling, like you have your team as far as points are considered in a tournament to, you know, win the tournament. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, it's you. And what I love about the sport is, you can take that mental toughness and expand it to everything else in your life. And I, and I have, Um, my wrestling coach in high school, just like yours. I mean, my, my was uh, Terry Jolly, yours was Conrad. And I remember they were both like pretty big hard asses and and phenomenal coaches. And obviously like, you know, you, you see the, you see the work that comes out of your team based on like how the coach dictates that discipline and work ethic. And I just, I, I remember now, like even when I'm facing struggles in my life now, and I think back to, you know, those days in the wrestling room when you just wanted to puke and like you were cutting weight. And, and by the way, cutting weight is a miserable process for people that doesn't, I mean, you know, it sucked too, because a lot of the good, talented wrestlers on our team were lighter. So, I mean, a lot of us either had to just cut to the next weight class. And, you know, I was a 103 pounder at, in my freshman year. So like cutting weight wasn't very hard. I mean, it was extremely difficult. You can't, there's just not much weight to lose not to mention you're like in your stages of development, like, and you need to be probably nutritionally sound, but, but this, the sport as a whole, it, it's unfortunate to me that like, it's not, I mean, in the wrestling community, people that have done it, they know, but it's unfortunate to me that it's not viewed as more of a, like a mainstream sport. I mean, obviously with the advent of the UFC and stuff, I'm, those things are changing, I think, but, um, just, just watching you growing up and like just seeing how successful you were, what else? So obviously you had your team practices, obviously you had the influence of your family to keep you disciplined and stuff, but outside of that, I mean, what? I, I would hear rumors in high school and stuff. And I, I mean, I can ask you now, cause I guess we're a like grown men now, but like, I would hear rumors that like after your high school practices, you would like go on runs and stuff. Is that true? I mean, would you just train constantly for the sport or?
1: Yeah. So my freshman year, I, I trained really hard. I lost in the state finals and it was heartbreaking and, um, just another goal, you know, to be a four-time state champ was, was crushed. And I don't know. I just, I, I flipped the switch. I kind of went crazy. And, and the next year, um, yeah, there'd be times when I come home that to this day, I can't chew uh big red gum or double <laughs> mint gum because it's just all I chewed, you know, when yeah. I was cutting weight and I, come home and I eat and I I go outside and go for a run. And I remember one day when I was like, man, I don't, I didn't think twice about it during at the time, but afterwards, I, I still think about it to this day. I remember we had a cold snap and I, I went for a run and it was 20, it was honestly like 18, 20 below. And nothing was open. Like I couldn't go to the gym. Like we didn't have a treadmill at my house. And at the time, you know, and I was just like, whatever, I'll bundle up and just go. And yeah. it probably scarred my lungs for a week, you know, but I was like, whatever. Yeah. And I don't know. I think that I just, I tried to maximize every, every opportunity and, and moment I had to train. Obviously you can't train 24 seven, but yeah, I was a little crazy. I was the guy that in the summer people would see running around town, you know, running and,
0: and whereas like most high school kids are out, you know, enjoying their summer and you're right. You know, know, and not to say
1: that I didn't, I'd go swimming, catch up with my friends. I was just Yeah. just had different goals and a a different mentality and and there's nothing wrong with that, you know.
0: Yeah. It well it's just it's impressive, man. And like that's that's why that's the thing too, is like when you kind of touched on it earlier about like mastering your craft or honing your honing your craft. Like the ten thousand hour theory is a theory for a reason. You know, there's a reason that the Dan Gables exist. There's a reason that the Kale Sandersons exist. It's because they gave their life to a cause, you know, and like, to the degree of which you were able to do that, you saw the fruits of that labor. And I think that's something that's really underestimated today, especially is because we're kind of hardwired to go toward pleasure and avoid pain. But in doing that, if you you do that enough, you don't understand how to cope with suffering when it happens. So, I mean, I can be having like the worst day of my life and I can, I can still know that it's, it could always be worse and I could always be, you know, back in that wrestling room or like, kind of like what you dealt with, like your freshman year of high school when you lost in the state finals, like something that's, and something that's so devastating because you're putting so much work into it, but like you put in the time to become an even better wrestler and obviously you went on to re- win three more state titles. So I think that, I mean, if you could, if you could maybe, you know, touch on that a little bit too, like, you know what value do you see in, in suffering and like putting yourself through that?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. Great question. You know, a couple of things that come to my mind. Um, just like you said today, I think instant gratification, everybody wants things quickly. Things happen so fast. I mean, growing up, you had to, you had to wait three, four minutes for your internet to, to dial in and and get going. You know, there's, there's certain things that we, you know, growing up had to wait for And even today, you know, I, I think that, that we fall into this trap, even people who have been, you know, know what it's like to, to watch a VHS, uh, video and have to rewind it yep. and you know, all these things. And, and, you know, in your career, in, in different things in life, you, you want this, you want this success immediately. And because so many things surround us that we can get at the, the snap of our fingers. Um, and, and part of that you know, is, is the, the path of least resistance too. We want it as, as easy as possible. You know, you look around and how many conveniences do we have that 10, 15, 20 years ago you didn't, you didn't have, you know? And I think it keeps a lot of things in perspective that just because the times change um, doesn't mean that some core values and things that, that people should hold close, you know, that are gonna shape who they, they become and shape who they are um, there's certain, definitely certain things that, that they should hold, uh, very highly. Um, mm-hmm. and one of them is, is at the end of the day, you, you can't cheat the work and, and find shortcuts and, and different things like that. And I, I think that's a big part of it. Any, any time that I've tried to take a shortcut, anytime that I've, I've tried to get something quickly, even when you did get it, um, your, your level of gratitude isn't, isn't very high. Um, and and, and you knew, you knew that, that you, you just, you know, you got something, but what happens when, when you cut corners and, and eventually you don't get something and you're like, well, I should have done it right the first time anyway, you know? So you now we're kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent, but I just, Not I just all. think in, in, in terms of, of those two things, like instant gratification and, and a path of least resistance, oftentimes when you get to where you were trying to go and it might be a little bit more of a circuitous route or a, a bumpy road. Um, it makes that journey so much better because I think it keeps you honest. I think it keeps you humble and it keeps you focused because if things came easy, if things um, just fell in your lap, if you didn't necessarily have to work for anything or you could get away with, with shortcuts all the time, then, then what's, you know, what, what's the journey about then at that
0: point? Absolutely. That's a beautiful point, man. and, and you know I've you touched on it, touched on a few things as far as like taking shortcuts. Um, it's kind of like what I said earlier about we're kind of hardwired to avoid pain and go toward pleasure. And with the advent of, you know, whatever, whether it's technological growth or like this society that's, things have never been better in human history than they, I mean than right now. And I think that unless, you were somewhat raised in the environment where you were fostered to have that mental toughness, you're going to have a difficult time dealing with anything that comes along that's difficult. So what happens in that case when something difficult happens is what you just said about the propensity to take shortcuts and that proclivity that we have to say, well, I can get this thing a lot quicker doing it this way. And then then you kind of almost choose to ignore And I've done it too. I'm not saying I haven't, but like it definitely comes about whether you're aware of it or not later on, and it also speaks to another thing that you touched about, like about living honestly and humbly. You know, because when I know for me, the more difficult things I do, the less arrogant I feel. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't think I've ever considered myself an arrogant person, anyways. But um, when when you do things that require a level, a certain level of physical suffering which, you know, wrestling, obviously it's been your entire life. Um, and for me now, you know, I've shifted that to more like exercise, like working, you know, not, not as difficult as a wrestling room by any means. But I can't, I can't attest to the value of those things enough because when I, if I am having a day where I don't feel like doing anything and like, and everybody has those days, you just, you don't, there's no motivation, there's nothing there. But as soon as you start to move your body, and get into that flow state of just doing something that's physically exhausting, the rest of your day is going to be easier than that. Like if you just punish yourself to the point where you can barely move after that. So I was hoping that maybe you could, maybe you could talk about something else that creates suffering, which is like someone who is, success, is as successful as you in your wrestling career. I mean, how, did you, how were you able to cope with loss in that sense?
1: Yeah, it's a it's another great question you know I listened to some of your music uh i i picked up on uh a, a sentence of a lyric you know some lyrics from from one of your songs uh music and love you said I'm making my way out to somewhere to finally see what life is about
0: and that's awesome man that means a lot to me thank you yeah yeah, yeah.
1: and that that meant a lot to me just thinking about it and in in the sense that that man've i've been I've been through quite the journey and I haven't, like, I didn't accomplish the goals that I had set for myself. Not necessarily what maybe other people thought I should be doing, but, Mm -hmm. um, no, I think that after a certain amount of time, I won't say like, Oh, I'm expecting heartbreak. I'm expecting, um, bad things to happen, but I just know that the road's going to be bumpy. Um, and I think I had some good mentors that, that really, uh, that really helped me. And I think some people it, it, it's hard. You have to, you have to take a step back from your own ego, from your pride, say, man, I need help. I, I need some advice. And that that's in life. That's in any industry that you're in. Um, Cause there's always people that have more knowledge than you, more experience than you. And it, I think the best people, in every industry, the the most highly regarded people are are people who have have kind of picked up on on something from somebody along the way or multiple people along the way that's kind of helped shape what they want to be and who they are. and And I wanted to be a resilient person, and I I, I uh, you know never wanted to really feel sorry for myself because I didn't think that it it would really help. Um, and that really was solidified by by this last year um my dad's kind of been through the ringer health wise uh long story short like the last six months he had a a a minor hand surgery that led to a stroke and then he got oh my god and then he just had triple bypass heart surgery um in the span of like six months and through that whole process he he never showed a sign of weakness. He never always had a smile on his face when he could, um, and really never felt sorry for for himself. And, you know, I learned a lot from that and, and reflecting back on the journey that I had, there were times when, yes, I, I definitely felt sorry for myself. And there's times to, to be able to self-soothe and to, to reflect and where, do you know, but the question is, and, and I did this after this last weekend, some of my guys that didn't reach their goal, like, where do we go from here? what are you going to do about it? You know? And um, I'm thankful that I've had some people that have, that have held me accountable and held me at a high standard and not let me dwell and, and live at a, a level that's going to be detrimental to my growth as a human being, and as a, a coach, a wrestler.
0: Absolutely. Damn dude. That's, that's incredible, man. Um, and it's, and it's inspirational to hear, you know, it's, you know, and it, <laughs> It's one of those things, like even you talking about your dad. You know, to see to see a person that you that not only has every right to feel like a victim or feel sorry for himself, to be going something that's literally life and death, and to still foster that ability to put on a strong face, even if he doesn't feel like it. You know, I, and I think that 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 can kind of be a summation of like life in general. You know, you know, I you know. I remember, you know, I remember your mom at every wrestling match and, like, I'm sure you probably remember my dad. I, you know, my dad passed away, you know, about 10 years ago and and, and even through all of that, I remember, you know, when his, you know, he obviously took his own life, but going when he, when he was going through all of his health issues that I saw, he still never, he still never, like, spoke it out, you know, and, like, obviously he was a suffering a battle that was more internal that I didn't, wasn't aware of, but just to see people that go through things and can come out on the other side better and come out and not even necessarily better in the sense of feeling better, but just having that callous, that callous of, of knowing that whatever life does happen to throw at you, that you have the ability to perceive it in a way that can be beneficial for you in the long run. But, you know, just like what you said about the path of least resistance, like it's such, just such a prevalent ideology nowadays that, to take the path of least resistance is easier because it feels good because it doesn't feel good to go through hard things. It doesn't feel good to suffer. Um, but there's ex- Have
1: conversations. Yeah. It's hard to open up. It's hard to yes. look yourself in the mirror. It's it's hard to set your pride and your ego aside and say you need help, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so I'm, I guess I'm kind of curious about that too. So, I mean, let's talk about your uh, experience uh, wrestling in college. So obviously obviously again like you were probably you had every right i'm sure i'm sure you didn't have this mindset but i'm sure you had every right to have the mindset of like like i'm a fucking stud like i'm walking into this wrestling room so what was it like walking into the college wrestling room as opposed to the high school wrestling room as far as like did you feel like you had to have a much higher standard for yourself and kind of humble yourself to be also in the presence of wrestlers who were like you in that way or
1: yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think uh it's a good perspective when you, you walk in and your coach beats you up for about 20 minutes and then tells you you're not that good yet. And now go lift. Yeah. And you're just like, dang, I got, I got a ways to go. And I think, you know, being new in any industry or, or jumping to the next level from high school to college or college to professional or, or even for you, like when you first, your, your first big gig or, you know, you're, you're opening for somebody that yeah. you up to whatever it is. And, mm. and you're like, man, I, I still have a ways to go. Oh, and, that, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Because at some time, like you're going to be humbled.
0: Mm-hmm. You're,
1: you're going to feel and, and get to a good point. And it's not to take anything away from the success that you have had. Um, But I think like I'm a believer and I to me it's just like a way that God humbles me and and keeps me keeps me um, just focused and on what what's important and and what I'm about and and it you know just like you were saying the, the path of least resistance it's it's so tempting it's so easy to to go that route because you don't have to face that fire because you don't have to answer questions because you don't have to have conversations or because you don't have to put in the reps. Um, mm-hmm. But almost always, you know, they coming back to it. It's, it's just one of those things like, do you want to do it the right way? Um, the the first time, or do you want to do it the hard way and have to do it twice?
0: Yeah. Or 10 times. Keep. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm the first one to admit. I mean, I've I've had my struggles and like something, something that you, uh, said, uh, that I really stuck out to me is like having the conversation. Like that's, I've always been able to have that conversation with myself, but trying to express that to like an intimate partner or whatever it is, it's, it's harder. You know, I think that that's why kind of this podcast has helped a lot too. Cause in some ways it's a catharsis cause you're kind of alone and you can kind of just express freely how you feel without judgment. But having the difficult conversation, going and putting in the reps, you know, choosing the path that's hard in, in lieu of the path that's easy because you know that by facing that sleeping dragon, and if you conquer it, then that's when you can actually start to enjoy life thoroughly, I think. So I'm kind of curious about something too. Um, obviously, with all the work that you were putting in into wrestling and and your academic studies, I'm sure, because I know that you did really well in school and stuff, Um. Did you, do you struggle with, or did you struggle with turning that off a little bit as far as like, obviously a certain degree of rest is important to an extent, but like, did you, do you struggle with resting and and if so, like if you could share? Absolutely. Um, that's, that's really, uh, uh, I'm glad that you asked that
1: because again, re- across all industries, just how quickly things move, um, how accessible, um, email and, and just getting work done just in general. Um, it's, it's really depleting in, in the Mm -hmm. sense that if you, you really devote that much time and energy to your craft, um, I really think your ceiling is, is stunted. It's, it's, um, it's hard for you to continue to make growth without, without proper rest and that's day-to-day rest. Like I, our guys joke with me that I, I, I hammer that they need to be getting eight or nine hours of sleep. Uh, you know, I, I like to think that some of our, our best athletes see themselves as a professional athlete. Our, our head coach often says, if you live your life like a professional athlete in an amateur sport, you will be head and shoulders above the rest of the competition. And I wow. think about that all the time. And in the same sense, if you're trying to win a national title as a team, you you can't cut corners in and you're you're so focused on on an end goal that you never feel like the train is stopping. And in a lot of ways, like we don't. We got back from the national tournament Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, and we had practice uh Monday morning for our guys training for the Olympic trials, our our postgraduate guys now. Our college season just got done, but our postgraduates they wrestle the Olympic trials next weekend. So wow. um, and all of our athletes get two weeks off. And so our coaches that two week period we're, we're on still. And so, you know, just finding that time to just get away is really important. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's really on you as, as a person to be able to say no, like it's oftentimes when you're going hundred miles an hour, it's discerning what you need to be focused on and what necessarily isn't going to be impactful in your life or you're not going to miss or what can you take a step back in order to take two steps forward, you know, for, and so that's a really important part and, and I'm sure it happens a lot in your industry, just burnout.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, man. Well, I mean, I I asked that because I mean, it, it I definitely, I think, any, any productive person. There's like, I think there's a big difference between work and productivity. You know, anybody can go work, but if you're not like actually producing something of value, then you're kind of just aimlessly working at nothing. Um, and that's my biggest fear that, that, and that's kind of, I mean, I literally chose. I'm not saying it's the most difficult, but it's one of the most difficult industries to even have any success in. And it sucks for a long time. Like, and just like you, I question that every single day when going through those moments of like, why am I even doing this? You know? And then like, and then it's like, yeah, I have like this education to fall back on that I did, but like, that's not what I want to do. And like, that's what I'm afraid of is like going towards something that ultimately I'm going to regret and look back and say like, that's, that's not, this isn't who I am. I'm not passionate about it. I'm just here. Like, putting in this aimless time for no reward afterwards but but after a while when you're pursuing your passion because your work is for other or your work is for yourself your passion is for others and i think that that's the difference you know it's like you if you're passionate about something like you are with coaching for example now you like you shifted that focus from yourself for others now it takes it requires a lot of exponentially more mental effort and when your mental state's suffering your physical state's going to suffer so i i mean i have days all the time where y- you know you just i'm i'm like going i'm doing all these things i'm doing like my journaling and my yoga and my meditating and working out and like doing all of the things that i have to do to just kind of feel some semblance of normality because i'm a psychopath <laughs> but um i i do those things sometimes and when you do them every day for an extended period of time just like what you said you just you can't sometimes it's necessary and I'm not saying all the time because I don't think that on the other side of that coin, too much rest is equally as counterproductive as overproductivity. But um, it's, it's just finding that balance, you know, and th- and that's difficult, especially, and I wanted to get in touch on this too. You know, so finding that balance now being married and being a father, you know, what's, how, how has that kind of changed and shaped your life?
1: Yeah, that honestly, <laughs> if you want to, be able to take a step back from what you're doing uh, start a family Yeah, Um, because it just puts things in a a completely different perspective. And I see, I see my little kid with Theodore and we call him Theo. Uh, I just see Theo and just cracking a smile. He's a point now where he, you can really see the personality. And, and I think about that at work and I think about that, you know, on the weekends and, and COVID has really allowed Coaches to stay at home and be around their families and be around their teams more, which I'm sure feels good. It, it does. It it does. And, and you know, I wonder just where where things will be when we go back to normal, where I'm on the road recruiting and mm-hmm. going to cl- clinics and camps and tournaments and, and you know the busyness of, of the job and, and life. But it really, COVID really the the time period of being at home. Really, it really gave me a perspective of rest is okay yeah you're still gonna like you're still gonna be working and prioritize uh things that are important in your life and your family your health your well-being is is has got to be a priority you know alongside your means of living and touching back on what you were thinking about and talking about earlier know you're in a very very tough industry and I was hoping within the hour that you know artists out there musicians what can I take away from from a guy that's who's not a musician and who doesn't know what it's like to be up on stage or be
0: yeah be well this in. podcast is for everybody man it's not right. I, I, I get it, you know mean, so there right
1: but I was it, thinking but. about it and I was like well I I'm prioritizing more, more family and, and focus on, on taking care of myself to prolong my time in, in coaching. Cause I don't know when it's going to be up. I don't know when, you know, my, my opportunity's over what, whatever. Um, but it makes me a lot more grateful for and purposeful for the time that I do put into my work. Um, is that time that I've spent around my family because I really love obviously my family. And I love our guys on the team, um, but having to balance that and juggle that, that, um, that next step of having a family, it, it's tough. And, and I think you take an additional step back because you're so, um, so focused on getting everything, your, your team and your guys, your, your coaching staff at everybody around you, you know, you're so selfless and trying to help other people accomplish their goals. And then you take another step back by having a family because your, your shift is focused and it's, it's not about you again. And, and I think in a lot of ways, that's, that's good. It's good because right now, like people chasing different, different jobs, different industries, everything happens so fast that you might get caught up in this, this me, me, me. And, and I don't know if that, you know, it's kind of a lonely path to be honest. And even when people accomplish their goals or, or get to the, finally get to the top of the mountain well now what you know so what are you gonna be able to fall back on in, mm-hmm. you know, is those you know relationships in your family and yeah. it's really helped me keep things in perspective uh through this the the last year
0: sure man that makes a lot of sense yeah, it makes a lot of sense and yeah and I think that um I really like how you talked about being selfless for other people I mean because I I mean the thing about music is like there's a shadow to it that a lot of people I think are aware of but they don't know. because I've been in you know pursuing this industry now for about I mean a long time but you know as somewhat of a at least C-list player in the industry I've seen things and I've seen people behave especially artists behave in a way that is extremely egoic and extremely self-centered and that whole me 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 mentality it almost it's almost a requirement in the industry for you to be some semblance of that. And I don't relate well to that because there was a time in my life when I thought that like, you know, when you're younger and like you have these grandiose dreams that that's very ego-driven because you kind of want this attention that maybe you didn't get elsewhere, you know, but the older I get, and I'm sure obviously, you know, as a coach now, you can attest to this too. The older I get, I feel so much better when I can empathetically listen to somebody or help them or show compassion for them or just an opportunity to help somebody because it's not like that's a natural thing. Like I think I don't think people are naturally like giving. It's, it's kind of a skill that has to be honed. Um, but once you're able to do it and do it effectively and you see that you helped somebody else achieve their goal or maybe just help them with a problem if they call you and talk to you on the phone for 10 minutes and you're able to be there for them, that's a feeling that can't be replaced, and I can imagine that having a family is just that much more of that. Like you've pretty much set aside your selfishness for the pursuit of service, and um, that's incredible, man. And it, and, it, and it's 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 very inspiring to see. You know, so I was gonna ask. on that. Yeah, go for it.
1: I just saw a quote the other day that said, "Humility is not thinking of your yourself less; it's thinking less." or sorry, thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Yes.
0: Yes. I've and heard that too. It's amazing. amazing.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm finishing this book called give and take. And okay. I, I believe it's a national bestseller. Adam Grant is the author and I suggest okay. everybody read this because it gives a perspective and it actually talks about three different people, givers, takers and matchers. And it just talks about the perspective of each uh, type of person, and it has like case studies and just different instances of people who are different, uh, one of three types, and just how their careers went, or just different things along the way that happen. It just continues to highlight why givers end up further down the road, mm-hmm. um, because of that that genuine nature, because of the connections that they make, and they're not expecting something in return, and Something mm-hmm. just happens to 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 go their way. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. I imagine, I imagine in your industry it's like, well, I need to get this gig and I need to be able to be at this point and have this many songs out or have yeah. this many songs written, whatever. And you got, you set this bar for yourself and it's all you. And I really think, especially in your industry, that connections are everything.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, that I mean that's the whole just, just speaking in terms of, of music and just, or just the pursuit of art in general, it's like, it's essentially live art. And that's not for yourself. I mean, I write, when I write a song, most of the time it's about shit I've dealt with or like things I've experienced or, or other people have experienced too. But ultimately when I write it, I you of course want people to like it. That's the whole point. You know, I mean, so when people say, you know, <clears throat> there's this big thing if you want to be like cool in the industry, it's like, oh, like, I don't care how... I don't care how many people listen to my music. That's bullshit. Shit. Like you yeah. care. <laughs> like you do care because like that's if you're passionate enough about that, like you're gonna want people to to like it and enjoy it because that speaks to what you just said about the connection. Like that's how I'm able to connect with people because it's kind of difficult for me to connect with most people nowadays because you know you and I grew up in this weird time where like we caught like the very beginning of cell phones and we caught the very beginning of like Facebook and all that. So we kind of grew up in between two worlds. So most of the time when you interact with somebody who's, and I'm sure you, I, I I don't know in the wrestling community, I'm sure it's a little different because any college wrestler that you're seeing, that's like an 18 year old kid. He's probably has some degree of self-discipline, but the people that I deal with, you know, like if I'm out at a show and I see a 21 year old person and they come up to me afterwards and they're like, oh my God, or whatever, you know, it's, it's hard for me to relate to them, you know, but, but I relate to them through the music. And, and that's how I do it and you do it through coaching and other means and your family now but um, yeah man I, I really like that I'm actually and I think that just to touch on what you just said about giving give and take I think that what that boils down to essentially is responsibility because I think that in order to be a selfless person or nobody's entirely selfless but in order to be a person who who gives without expectation to receive it's a, it's a responsibility and I think the birth of responsibility is responsible for inner peace and happiness and contentment and any semblance of joy. And that's the only way that you can really reduce suffering is to take on the responsibility of the suffering because I'm sure it's not always easy to be a dad. It's not always easy to be a coach and just constantly giving that, but like you take it on and it's it's extremely admirable, man. So
1: appreciate that.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, so I wanted to, so I guess... You know, we'll get you out of here soon. I just wanted to ask you one one thing, and then maybe you can touch on this. Like, so look. I mean, looking back on on everything you went through with this like crazy journey with wrestling and stuff. I mean, I guess what when was the point you realized that? I mean, obviously, you know, as we get older, you're not going to compete like when you're 50 or whatever. <laughs> but um, as we get older, I mean, when did you when did you kind of realize that you were done competing? You know, and was that, and and what was that feeling like when you realized you were done?
1: Yeah, I think it was the the point where I had to choose between being selfish while I was in a role that I was required to be selfless. Interesting. Um, coaching, uh, coaching, and and competing at the same time. I mean. When I was at Columbia, I was co- at one point for two years. I was coaching, competing, and getting my master's there. And I was—I lost my mind. And and they, I really think you can do a couple things, um, big things. Well, obviously, you can have small side hustles, or you like gardening, whatever. You know, you can be. Yeah. In that, <laughs> you know? But it's not going to take away necessarily as much time from your from your main job. But you, I really think you can do two things really well at the same time in life if you like at the highest level Mm -hmm. at the highest level and it kept things in perspective for me for when I finally transitioned down to Raleigh and just uh, uh, taking a step professionally and being called upon for for more at that point I I knew um, I competed for for a year while I was down here and then it was like I'm ready to take that step professionally. It's going to ask for me to take a step back, um, in my profession, my, my wrestling career professionally. And it's hard. And I, I'm sure you can imagine, um, a lot of people who have been so devoted to a craft for so long, they get a little bit lost and it's like, look, there is life after, um, I like to think ambitious people will pick things up. It's like my mom retired, uh, from teaching and, and, being the, the president of our club, you know, a couple years ago, a few years ago. Damn.
0: It was a long time.
1: Yeah. And she has more stuff going on now than she when she was, when she was, <laughs> working,
0: you know, and, and. Is she, is she still doing good? I mean. Yeah. I, yeah. No,
1: she, she's doing great. They, she, but if it weren't for my dad, she would have been at NCAAs, you know, he, she was home taking care of him, but they both oh, okay. came over for the ACC championship. That's yeah. so cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. They, they travel everywhere. The, couple years ago I had a couple guys qualify for the world championships and I coached them in Romania and they flew out to to watch wrestling you know they're damn I, I, know, no, awesome. I joke that my my mom is she loves wrestling more than I do
0: yeah dude I I remember, I remember that, that so, so well, well too, too. Just, just this, this little like, like perspective people listening just like this little curly-haired cute little lady with glasses on just had every it, yeah it was so cool man and she was always so sweet but but
1: it sense but but going back to what you were saying, yeah, yeah, that there's that fear of the, the the pride, the ego. That well, I've been good at this for so long, and is it time? You know, and and it's okay when when you know you know. Yeah, and it's yeah. you know they, I think bouncing that perspective off of somebody, like, do you still have more to give? Mm-hmm. Are you just are you just not devoting what you need to? to, to get to the highest level or, or where you want to get to. And, and hopefully you have some people in your life that'll, that will speak truth to you and, and not beat around the bush. And, you know, again, you can take their perspective and figure it out for yourself or, or take it and, 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 you know, prove, <laughs> prove them wrong again, you know, cause our guys joke with me, like you, you wrestle so much with, with, the guy, they, they, they say that you should come back and compete. And I said, my body says otherwise, and just knowing, knowing when and what you want to be doing in the next phase of your life. Um, I mean, who knows what, what the next phase of your life is, is going to be, especially same for you for, yeah. for yeah. life after music. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, you can continue to, to produce music for also, we'll until your dad, you know, but yeah. at the end of the day, things do come to an end and, and that's okay. Like, the, the okay is, is understanding that and being at peace with it. And then, again, like I said earlier, asking some of my guys the question, where do you want to go from here?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. You, you touched on one thing that, again, stuck out to me. And obviously, you seem like a very wise person now. So you grew up well, man. That's awesome. Uh, but you said, uh, hopefully, you have people in your life that can speak truth to you. That's profound, you know, because I think a lot of people are going to lie to you you know, I think most people in your life are going to lie to you unless otherwise you, and you, you've you you created that space where you can be honest with each other. But one of my favorite quotes is you can tell a lot about the character of a man by how much truth he can tolerate. And uh, that's, that comes down truth. Truth is responsibility. Truth is is giving truth is also understanding how to receive how to rest and how to work hard and, and also just deal with the sufferings of life, man. So, um, so I mean, what's What's kind of you know? What's next for you as in, as in the present moment? I mean, you just finished the NCAA's, right? Like you, that was just like this past weekend. Yeah, yes. yeah,
1: and, and again, we we talk about um, just perspective. I think it's awesome to see where our program's at. Where we come back from nationals with four All Americans finishing sixth as a team, and we're disappointed. You yeah. know, we expected to bring a team trophy back, which is top four teams, and we were probably a guy away, but got another guy becoming an all American away from, from doing that. And mm-hmm. it just, it keeps you humble. It keeps you motivated. And, and it's great to ha- set very high expectations for yourself. And, and, and it's okay to sometimes not achieve those because, because what else are you doing this for? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To, to set some, uh, Oh, you know, a goal for us to be in the, the top 10, Oh, well, yeah. what happens when you get there? Well, you just, when you get there, you, you, when you, when you're 10th, you just want to be first. Yeah. So, you know, just that, that perspective is, is keeping us, us motivated. And, um, no, I, I don't know what the next step of the, the journey is. Um, we have some guys coming back who are a big part of our team and I'm excited about that. And, and we have some new, new freshmen coming in that are going to provide some from fresh blood and that's what i like is is every every week every month every year should be should be different you know from that same week from the the year prior and and you like to be able to reflect back and see the growth absolutely for yourself for for the the people you're around and and the team you're a part of and um you know i'm really excited about the the next step of the the journey and and people say well you're going to become a head coach like if it's in my cards, like God willing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd love to be able to get to that point. And and if not, like there's going to be a next step in the journey for me and I'm going to be all in with that. And life is short, man. Just, just be all in. And, Mm. and, and at the end of the day, be able to sit back and say, man, I, I put everything I have and I can have peace. You know, I put everything I have into that and I can have peace because of that, you know?
0: Absolutely. I think that's a great way to end it, man. And um, I wanted to say really quick, um, thank you so much for your time. It's really good to see you again, man. And I'm, I'm so happy that you're doing well. And it was a, uh, you know, an honor to talk to you again and just learn about, like, you know, your process growing up and where you are now. And you know, if you ever happen to be out in Arizona, I live in Phoenix now. So, and if, if I ever tour through Raleigh, which I have in the past, you know, if COVID, uh, you know, clears up and I can do that, I'd love to love to see you out in person, man. So,
1: let me know because you know I'll come out and uh, I'll just have to. I'll, I'll hit some people up in Arizona that I know. Hey, I'm going to come out and do a camp, do a clinic, whatever.
0: There you go, dude. I'll come take, I'll come take the damn clinic, dude. <laughs> so, all right, man. It was good seeing you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Okay.
1: Same. Sounds great. All right. That's
0: it, everybody. Bye.